Healthcare and senior care is fraught with problems and challenges, but we're also seeing some amazing new clinical treatments and resources. This show will help illuminate and uncover the good, bad, and the ugly in order to equip patients, families, and other healthcare providers. Welcome to Senior Care Confidential. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Senior Care Confidential. I'm Brian Harmon uh, with Nexus Home Healthcare. Today, I'm joined by Denise Helms, who is a nurse and founder of Overture Home Care. And they offer a very unique, um, and I'm fascinated by this, a very unique training for caregivers and for family members, for healthcare professionals, um, in terms of giving somebody a unique experience of what dementia feels like from a sensory kind of standpoint. And so welcome to the show. Thank you. And for the audience, can you give us just a brief bio on you, your background as a nurse? How'd you got into um, home care? How'd you get into the Dementia Live program and those things? Certainly. Hi, um, I'm Denise Helms, and um, I've been a nurse for 30 plus years in geriatrics. That's my passion. I've always enjoyed working with the elderly. I've typically worked with in-skilled nursing, home health, hospice, Um kind of retired from all of that and decided to open a business and landed on home care because I still got to take care of people in their home Yeah, um, and thought that that was really where people wanted to be taken care of. And so my philosophy of taking the care to the home, um, this is the best way that I, I found that I could do it. So, I, you know, I found it very interesting um, as I made the switch from working with Medicare, Medicaid agencies, yeah. facilities, the difference um, of care in the home compared to a facility. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and found that we we had so many people that had some level of dementia, and the families had absolutely no idea of what to do, how to communicate. Um, it was just a very frustrating disease. And if we could figure out a way to take some of the frustration out of being a family member of somebody with dementia that I want it to be that solution. Oh, very cool. Okay, so where did Dementia Live come in? So um, we met a wonderful lady by the name of Pam Brandon, who actually lives up here in North Texas, who had um, developed a, a, it's called Ageocate, meaning her passion is educating people to care for our aging seniors. Um, and she developed this program called Dementia Live. And the purpose of this, this, um, this program is to immerse somebody in a simulation of what it would feel like to have dementia. Yeah. Um, you know, one of her mottos when you see Dementia Live on her, um, her literature, it says, hang on here, I'm going to quote it. It says, because it's frightening to care for someone you don't understand. Oh, yeah. And so she came up with this whole program and training and trains people out. And it's actually worldwide now. She's and you guys don't just train caregivers and family members. You guys actually train healthcare providers. Because I'll tell you, we didn't get a lot of this stuff too. We know like the book stuff. We know, you know, the various, um, the different types of dementia, what causes those things, how it might manifest itself in certain, mm -hmm. you know, functional um, uh, abilities or cognition or uh, sensory deficits or whatever. Like we know that stuff. Correct. But in terms of being able to communicate well and get things accomplished through um, uh, patients or clients with caregivers, that's not something unless we get we get advanced training. That's not something even healthcare providers get. Absolutely. And so you guys, I think you guys do it for physicians as well. Do you we, not? We do. We do. We um, we've actually have um, partnered with U University of North Texas 
um, in Fort Worth and their medical school. We go in and train their medical school um, client, not their client, their doctors coming out of medical school on this Dementia Live because they, they're going to encounter people with dementia in their practices. And the, like exactly what you said, the textbook doesn't talk about communication, mm -hmm. the emotions. It's all very physical. So it's all the, it's all the science learn. and biology thing. It's, yes. not, it's not the human interaction part. The emotions that go with yeah. it. And, and I think what was the statistic is something like 16, I have it here. It is 16, yeah, 16 million Americans provide Caregiver services, unpaid, by the way. So this is usually like family members. Family or whatever. members, yeah. 16 million Americans provide unpaid caregiver support to um, patients or family members with um, dementia. Yes. Which and is a staggering number. It's growing and for and growing. them not to have, you know, the understanding that we're, we're going to go through today. I'm so excited about the, yes. the demonstration thing. Um, but it's, it's fascinating that that you guys now have the ability to train caregivers, your own staff, in, in addition to healthcare providers yeah. and family members on here's what your loved ones is going through, what they're experiencing. And this is what, mm -hmm. like what their sensory perception is of everything and why it's difficult for them to be able to, to manage certain tasks. Mm -hmm. um, so it gives them a whole different level of empathy um, and hopefully better communication skills to um, help them. Help them because the disease is a, is a difficult disease. Yeah. Um, you know, and it lasts eight to 10 years and all these different phases yeah. that, that a person goes through. And so there's techniques that can be learned by the caregivers yeah. um, with each of those stages of the disease. What's been the reaction for, let's just go, we'll go with healthcare providers because okay. we think we're smarter. Yes. What's, what's well, the reaction have been of healthcare providers who've actually gone through this kind of a training? You know, I'll, I'll say that we've yeah. had caregivers just break down in tears going, really? oh my goodness, I had no idea that that's what was going through their minds in their world when they were they were doing X Y Z whether it's wandering and picking up things whether they were fighting you know taking a bath what you know, whatever it is they were able to understand that that they were scared or they were confused or oh, yeah. anxious and I mean it just gave a perspective to the people that care for somebody with dementia yep. that is just. In, just enlightening. All right. I don't want to wait any longer. So let's okay. <laughs> <All> <laughs> I right. can't wait. So I have, I have actually given you instructions not to tell me anything about this. Cause I didn't want to, I don't want to be prepped because I wanted okay. to experience this for like the first time myself. Okay. And then as we go through the demonstration, you can kind of explain to the audience why you're doing certain things with me and maybe yep. what I'm hearing or what I'm seeing. And then when we finish up, I'll kind of recap, Hey, this is what this felt like. Exactly. Um, and we can kind of go from there. Perfect. Very good. All right. So, um, so this experience is very hands-on. It's we set up a room that has dementia. It's like a bedroom, a bedroom and a kitchen and okay. a living area. And then we alter the census of every participant. Um, the first thing we do is we ask them to put on a pair of gloves. You want me to do that now? Go ahead and put okay. your gloves on. And the purpose of that is to alter the sense of touch to mimic what somebody with dementia is feeling. Um, understanding that the brain is being effective and the neuropsis are, are being destroyed by this, this disease, things change in your body. And so they're no longer able to, to sense and feel um, with their hands in the same way you and I can. Okay. Um, so we alter <clears throat> that. Then we put on, have them put on a pair of glasses. You can go ahead and put your glasses on. And um, they're dark, they're sunglasses, and they have a tiny hole in the middle that you have a little bit of vision in. And that's mimicking the visual changes of somebody with dementia, which is different than somebody who has is aging. Yeah. The peripheral vision just, it, it decreases, decreases as the disease goes on. And it gets to the point where it's like scuba mask is oh, all yeah. you can see. And it gets to the point where it becomes binocular. Yeah, the significance that. of that is 
it changes the way we need to communicate with somebody. Oh yeah, you can't they approach don't know, me from the side because I can't see. You can't see you, and it's startling to have you somebody touch you on the shoulder when yeah. you don't know they're there. Those type of things. Yeah. So being aware that they have visual changes that are, that really compromise how they're able to sense their world. Yeah. And then the last thing that we do, and you don't have to put this, don't put them on quite yet. Okay. Um, is we have uh, the participants put on a pair of headphones and what comes out of that is just noise. Okay. I mean, it's just, it's, um, just noise. It's not necessarily what somebody with dementia hears, but it's their world. Yeah. It's the TV going on. It's, it's the train going by. It's the people talking. It's that type of noise. Okay. Um, and it just kind of confuses your brain. This is the yeah. part that's going to make you feel like you have dementia. Yeah. Um, and then, um, we're going to turn on that noise. And after that noise is going, you're going to hear three beeps. Okay. And then I'm going to ask you to do four simple tasks using the tools that I laid out in front of you. Okay. I can't, you can't ask me to repeat <laughs> what I asked you. Gotcha. Okay. I'm going to tell you once. Yeah. And you, for about two minutes, you're going to try to accomplish as many of these things. They're simple things. So simple. Yeah. And they're right there in front of okay. you. Okay. Very good. All right. Awesome. Very good. So put so your headphone on. Okay. And I need to turn it on for you. I'm going to step over there and turn that on. Oh. You can't approach me from the side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, Brian, I would like for you to get two dimes and one penny out of the coin purse and lay it on the left side of the table. Then I would like for you to add the numbers two plus six. Oh my gosh. Subtract a number four and then divide it by one using the calculator wow. that is right there in front of you. I don't see dimes. Okay. I got Go nickels. ahead okay. and write down what that number is. And then I want you to take the worksheet and circle the lamp. Look on that worksheet, find the lamp, and just put a big circle around it. Oh. It's a very easy search and find picture. And then the last thing I want you to do is take out your pen and write down your cell phone number on that sheet of paper. That one I did here. Wow. All right. All right. The exercise is over. You can take your headphones off. Oh, my goodness. All That's right. completely distracting. What we're going to so, do. Yeah. yeah. So you've got a piece of paper in front of you, Brian, that lists out and no, at the top there. Okay. That you wrote your, your number on. Oh, right here. Yeah. Um, there's a number of emotions listed out there. Look through that and kind of... Tell us, tell the crowd how that made you, how were you feeling in that very, very short period of time? Yeah. So as a strong tape A personality, I was very determined to not mm -hmm. stink at this. And what I found, it was very frustrating because I was trying as intently as I could to listen to instructions. In fact, also watch your lips mm -hmm. and try to lip read. And what I found fascinating, and you know, if we go back to like what we've had to deal with in the last couple of years. So imagine this now with Yes. With a mask over their mouth. Forget it. You're mm -hmm. never going to get anything done. Like I was really trying to watch your lips because uh -huh. the the distraction from the ears and the you know the the lack of visual acuity with this 
made it really hard to figure out what I, I think I got two dimes and a, and a penny and mm-hmm. I may even got that wrong. Um, and something about writing myself and everything else was just gibberish. Exactly. So for sure I was determined. Um, I was confused cause I couldn't figure out like what step we were on at that point. Mm-hmm. I think the last one was the, was the cell phone. Is that right? So yep. I missed like number two and three yep. and I'm trying to figure out, okay, are there any cues that she's given me about number two and three? And so that made me frustrated because okay. I'm like, okay, I've already, I've already blown 50 percent, 50 of my tasks here. But wow, yeah, no, and what and an incredible. You think about that, and then so what we do in this experience is we take everybody's emotion. It's it's longer and it's a little bit more intense sure. of an experience, and and you go, these are the feelings that your loved one or the person with dementia feels every single day, and they can't turn it off. Yeah. They can't take the headphones off. They can't take their gloves off. That is their world. And they wake up every single day and do it again. In fact, it's... It's, it's like t- it doesn't shut off. It's Tomorrow is um, the longest day with yes. the Alzheimer's Association. And the whole significance of that is that somebody with dementia, their days are the longest. And that's why they pick the longest day to... to to kind of signify how yeah. long the days are with somebody with dementia. All right. So the ones that I did not get, can you walk me through the ones that, <laughs> we, what what did I get right? I think I got the cell phone one, all right? right? Okay. You, you got the, you didn't touch the calculator and I had you adding a couple of numbers of subtracting okay. and dividing by one. Oh my gosh. Um, and then I had you circling the lamp on that little worksheet. There. I heard something about lamp and I was like, is she telling me to screw in a bulb? Like I, cause I was looking at, I don't see a bulb here to screw in. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's no lamp. Yeah. So you heard lamp. Yeah. But yeah. And it, you know, and the so exercise, you're trying to, because you don't hear everything and cause it's and you hard to comprehend. It, that's right. So you, you pick up bits and pieces of the conversation mm-hmm. and you're sitting there trying to go, okay, what other cues can I pick up on? And you know, I'm 45 mm-hmm. years old. I'm pretty sharp. Uh-huh. What other cues can I pick up on contextually or whatever that tell me what they're asking me to do? Mm-hmm. And have you ever been around somebody with dementia that can't remember how to, to, open a baggie or, you know, all the time they do, they do things that are so random because their brain is just so confused. You know, one of the things that we, that we know to do with, with therapies, you know, we've got, you know, let's, let's take your average 80 year old with, with dementia, Mm -hmm. you know, they've got, you know, eight decades plus of certain movement patterns and movement strategies. And and for the most part, we're all, we're all, we're all human. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are very similar, similar movement strategies that our bodies have learned to use. And so as therapists, we utilize those mm-hmm. um, because we have found over time that those are some of the best cues because, you know, honestly, with, with the lack of visual acuity, mm-hmm. with the, the constant voices that are going on in your hair or the distractions, yeah. um, the movement cues, we're so used to doing those for so long that a lot of times that's, that's kind of our in. Our to comfort. Getting, yes. To getting things done. Cause now, oh, you're, ha- you're having me do this. I remember doing that from before mm-hmm. and it just feels more natural versus trying to follow commands. It's yeah. You know, you know, they wake up with purpose just like we all yeah. do, but they just don't know what it is. And if yeah. it's washing that coffee cup over and over, or if it's, you know, picking up and putting things down, or if it's, you know, that's where, in, and we do training and say, you know, if that, that repetitive motion is, is soothing, then that's where a, a basket of uh, washcloths to fold. Help me, be engaged with yeah. me, and let's fold Feels washcloths. Like some and they there. are, they have purpose then, because that's, yeah. that's important. Yeah. is to to work with somebody with dementia. They still want to ha- feel a sense of purpose. They still want to feel engaged. Yes. We had a guy that, that I worked with not too long ago. It's probably been a couple of years now. And he was uh, an old 
professor. Mm-hmm. And um, he was, I'm trying to remember, he was some sort of like a, literally like a rocket scientist. Uh-huh. And he was working on a memoir, a book, when mm-hmm. he, before he had dementia. He was writing a book, I think it was for his kids, actually. Okay. Um, and so part of the um, treatment program with him was we would somehow build in time where he would literally sit down with his book and his pen. Yeah. He would never write a single word on there. But for him, like he, you it were entering, like you were was... entering the world that he was living in, which was, I've got to finish this book. Mm-hmm. And so that would instantly send him a piece um, yep. because he knew like he was determined, like mm-hmm. I was, he's determined to finish this book. And so all he had to do is it was get into his world a little bit and understand this is what he really wants to be able to do. There was other guys who want to, you know, they want to play with car parts, you know, or tools exactly. or whatever. Um, and so I think it's really important to make sure that yeah. you're aligning, you know, whatever treatment programs or just quality life stuff. To and, and it is and it's so individualized. And that's where we enjoy working with the families. If when we yeah. put families through um, a program like this, you know, we'll go sit around the kitchen table. And we'll, we'll simulate this with, you know, the kids and your brothers and sisters and anybody who participates as a caregiver yeah um, and, and kind of help them understand what's going through the mind of the loved one with dementia. But then we, then we brainstorm, what did they like to do? How yeah. about reminiscent? Can we put a photo album together because they enjoyed this period of time in their life? What, you know, were they gardening? They don't have to be gardening, but let's set up some potting areas that they can go and feel like they're doing that, you know, yeah. those type of things. Of so we put a really individualized plan together for the family. What are some of the other tasks that when you, I know this is like a, sh- a short, very short condensed mm-hmm. version of this. What are some of the other things that you have that have participants go through to experience this? Oh, in the experience in the, in itself? The, yeah, dementia life, yeah. Um, we have them tying shoes. We have them feeding the dog. We have them um, folding pillowcases is one of them, buttoning shirts. Because all of it, is, it's not so much about the tasks, but it's about the sensation. Like to mm-hmm. button a, a shirt is so frustrating when you've got gloves on. And so we're trying to trigger that frustration yes. Yes. level. The tie a shoe, that's frustrating. To find the change you can't see so all of the things that we're testing are really it's not about that it's about trying to evoke the the feeling the empathy oh for sure you Mm -hmm. you want them to feel frustrated in in, absolutely anxious you know they they can't get this stuff done so that they impart that you know the empathy towards whoever they're working and it's funny we we could have a whole room full of people we typically put four people four to six people at a time through it and so we take them all into the room and there will be some that just stand in the corner and cross their eyes and they check out like i can't take it i can't Participants in the program. Participate at all. Really? There are those that start gathering things and putting them all in the arms. I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but it's supposed. I'm supposed to be doing something. I'm going to yes. gather stuff. Yes. And and that is so like every individual person with dementia. That's right. They all handle it different. There are people that check out. There are people that just wander and pick at things. I mean, it's just that's so. How big of a class do you guys normally do this with? Um, four, four to six people. Four to six. Okay. We do it with all of our, in particular, how we've used it with our agency is all our new caregivers. When they come on, that's part of our orientation process. They don't go out into the field to work with anybody until they've until been trained on this, this because I think it's that impactful. Oh, for sure. In fact, it's, you know, turnover in our industry, healthcare certainly, uh-huh. um, is so high. And we just got a report back from Home Care Pulse on turnover in home care. And it's, bumped up to 77% turnover, Holy which is smokes. incredible. And so is it because of the burnout? Is that what it's they think? It's the burnout and, and they really want training. Overture, ours is at 30 to 33%. Like half. And really when good. we pull them, they love the training and they feel like that has made such a difference. I really truly believe that by bringing this type of training into 
our agency That's has fantastic. really made, set us apart. As a, what are some as an things employer? that you guys train your caregivers on? So it's one thing to give them, you know, this is huge, you know, to get to get the mm-hmm. experiential kind of knowledge of what it may what it should feel like to have dementia. Yeah. Um, once you've kind of triggered them, they're like, oh my gosh, this is very different than what I was thinking. Like, what are some strategies you guys work with them on, on the caregiver side, or even when you're training doctors or other healthcare professionals, what kind of other educational things do you guys provide them now that they've already seen or experienced? Like, this is really, this is rough. This is, this is a mm-hmm. difficult time for someone to every day to deal with this. I, I don't know for what, two minutes. Yeah. You know, yeah. so what are some strategies that you guys train them on? Well, we have continued this whole program, this Dementia Live, when you're a coach, you have all these resources. And okay. so like monthly we'll go, let's talk a little bit about communication. Wear that smile because they pick up on your mood. If you're grumpy or stressed, uh-huh. they become grumpy or stressed. It's so important to walk in and smile. Yep. Um, then we have one that bathing, why is that such a struggle? Um, and trying to help caregivers and family members understand, would you want to be naked and then have water hitting you that you're not really understanding anymore because you're used to taking baths when you were a child and now you're being stuck in this room with water pounding on you? Just just yeah. all the perceptions and trying to help our caregivers yeah. know how to distract sure. and techniques. So we have, we have a whole um, library of little tips. What are some common use. ones for like some takeaways for the audience? What are some common ones for, cause like communication sometimes is a challenging one, mm-hmm. like to get them to, I don't want to use the word, I'll use it, but just understand where I'm coming from. I don't mean the word comply. That's what I mean. But when we're trying to get somebody like to make to, it less stressful there you for, go. for both parties to get dressed or to get, or to, to get showered in the morning, what are some mm-hmm. communication strategies that you guys have found helpful? Um, certainly eye to eye. Okay. Um, smaller tasks. They can't understand, all right, mom, it's time to get up and get your, let's go ahead and get you showered and let's eat breakfast because there's a doctor's appointment. That's too big. You've got to really break down your communication into small tasks. You know what's interesting? Is we, I would interpret that, and I know better, but I would interpret mm-hmm. that as a as a caregiver or as a family member. I'd be like, I'm actually being very communicative because I want to make sure that mom or dad knows, hey, this is why we're doing this, right? I'm like using an overage amount of words, uh-huh. right? Because I feel mm-hmm. like that's because I want to explain to them, this is why this is important or whatever, but mm-hmm. you're saying that's not the actual approach. Like yeah, shorter, part of that shorter approach, words. Yeah. I usually give those instructions right after another. And that's one of our talks is, yeah. th- and they would come back and go, you gave them too fast and too much. Exactly. Yeah. You can't I'm fascinated to, to go back and watch this and hear, uh-huh. and hear how fast you did it and, uh-huh. and see, is this just like a normal, and I'm sure you probably slowed it down. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I could tell your, your lips were moving a little bit slower. So it's funny cause you see that I, I interpreted that as very fast. Uh-huh. Like remember the guy from the, the micro machines commercials from way back in the eighties, <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what it seemed like to me. And I picked uh-huh. up like every seventh word. Yeah. And so it's interesting that that, um, you can use that to help to show and so, yeah, this is why you don't want to use a whole bunch of words because it's just garbled. Yeah. Yeah. And one, one thing at a time. I mean, that's a big yeah. one coming in with a smile. Um, and then just, and never argue. That's probably a big one that families really struggle with. Yes. Um, you Your know, mom really I've, is going to Italy today. Yeah. You're gonna, we're going to offer Italy. to, we're going to offer to pack her bags because if you tell her she's not going to Italy, she's really mad because exactly. she's been playing on this vacation for six months. But in we, her mind, that's what we're going to wait on the bus to come. But that's, in the meantime, how about we have a cookie right. while we're waiting for the bus to come? Yes. Or we, so distraction, right. using right. distraction. They played make believe with us when we were younger. And so we kind of have to do right. a little bit of that uh-huh. now, because if you don't do that, you will stress them out and then your day is mm-hmm. kind of shot. 
Yeah. Or at least for the next 30 minutes or whatever until they f- have forgotten about it. But I mean, we, I, we've got clients that we work with mm-hmm. now that they, they believe they're moving home every 30 minutes. And so yep. you're, you're addressing that. I'm there for an hour. I'm addressing that, you know, a couple of times, times. While, I'm th- while I'm there. Yep. Mm-hmm. As soon as we get done, we're just going to get your clothes on, your shoes on or whatever. Uh, we got we got to work on getting up and down. We got to go to the front door, you know, because yeah. the kids are coming to get you. Like, it's just, it's one of those things. And it's their reality. That's right. And that that is the one thing is that we have to change because they can't. Right. They're the ones with the disease and it's no yep. different than any other disease. Yeah. We have to be the ones to change the way yeah. we it. I know in talking with some, we I've got family members who have Alzheimer's and in talking with them and talking mm-hmm. with even other family members of like patients of ours, they always felt like it was lying. And I was mm-hmm. like, it's not really it's lying fibbling. because yeah. yeah, it's not, I don't even, I don't even know that it's fibbing. Like you're just, you're, you're entering into a fictional world that they're currently living in. Yeah. It's all it is. Like we're mm-hmm. just, we're play acting. Yeah. You know, because otherwise you're, you're going to cause so much more stress and anxiety for you, for them, that it's just, it's just not worth it. Yeah. Um, and so you'll find that things are much more peaceful because they're living in a different reality than we are. And that, and that's, we just want to, jo- we want to join them in, in the reality yes. that they're, as they're experiencing it now. Yep. And, yeah. and that lowers everybody's stress. Yeah. If, if the, sure. if the family caregiver or caregivers that are working with them can yeah. understand that everybody's less stressed. This has been awesome. I'm so glad we did this. This yes. has been fun. Um, so how do people get in touch with you um, for either home care for, through Overture or even for the um, Dementia Live training? How would somebody contact you for that? There's a couple of um, avenues there. If you're interested in learning more about the Dementia Live, if you're somebody out there that would like to get some some of your staff trained in Dementia oh, we're doing Live that. to be a for coach. For sure, yeah. Um, AG, it's A-G-E, the letter U, Okay. C A T E A G U K A T. Okay. Dot com. Got it. Okay. And that's the website for the Dementia Live that talks about what the programs are and okay. how to um, maybe get somebody on your team trained as a coach. But are you guys, you guys are the facilitators but here. We absolutely, we have um, the majority of our office staff is trained as coaches. Uh, which okay. um, is huge, and so we. So if like, I don't want to just be a, ch- if I don't want to be a coach, like yeah. and train other people, I just want my, just my team to be trained on this stuff. I can just call you guys. We do a lot. Okay. We've done a, many memory care communities. Will go in and, and and do a day where they send their employees through or their family members through. Oh yeah. Um, we've done at the police academy. We've gone and trained policemen. That's awesome. Everybody in the community needs to know how to address somebody with dementia. Mm-hmm. Um, like we've talked about the, the medical directors, we've gone to church groups. We, we just take it passionate that we do a lot of Alzheimer's support groups. Um, and so a new group that's there because they, they want to understand the disease more. Yeah. Um, we will go in and do it for those type of groups. That's great. That's so great. yeah. So overture, overture.homecare.com. And is that the best place to reach you is just through there and contact us or yes, email? Or a, yeah. And you can email me or our number is 214-887-887. Nine four zero one, and you guys cover both the Dallas and the Dallas Fort Worth side. and Fort Worth. Okay, so awesome. we have an office in both locations. This has so been great. Thank you so much for joining us. It. Yeah, Absolutely. and we'll definitely Thank be you, in, t- in contact with you guys for for training for some of our team. This is I can't believe how incredible this is to, yeah. to experience this. That's awesome. Thank well, you very thank much. You. Thank right. you.